Everybody, well, welcome to another episode of Rebunked. This is Scott here, and I have a former guest that was with me on the Truezilla show. Uh, but he, you probably know him as the Google whistleblower, former Google employee who saw all kinds of crazy stuff going on behind the scenes and decided to go public with it um, with Project Veritas and has been making the rounds and has been just, uh, you know, you know, basically become a big proponent of free speech. Uh, taking some very hard stances against censorship in general. Um, I believe right after uh, you published your book, uh, Google Leaks, um, that's when you were on our, our previous show. And then now you're uh, going around talking to us about this new project. You've built this like infrastructure of censorship-proof media, uh, Blast.video. So, Zach, welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, yeah, so Blast.video is this new thing that aggregates content from around the internet and puts it into one site. I'm calling it the best place for news on the internet 24-7, and I, and I really mean it. Um, I've spent, this is a project I've been working on for nine months, um, and I believe that it is a, an intelligence dashboard that helps you understand what's going on by aggregating what everyone thinks. Perfect, perfect. And then it's just by default, it's, it's basically created a, a layer on top of all these other platforms that it aggregates from that creates uh, a censorship-proof barrier, basically. Is that kind of the idea behind mm -hmm. it? It's kind of like a layer two, right, yeah. on the internet, on these video platforms. And it sits above, and it, it's like a meta platform. And that way, um, as long as one of the hosting sites will host your content, then I'm able to grab it and bring it into the website. And I think that this is really what is needed in this industry right now because there's so much friction between people and the content that they're trying to access. Mm -hmm. You got to play this social media shuffle where you're going from this site to that site takes hours. And so what we really need right now is we need the aggregation to cancel the censorship. We do not want to do this like Netflix style, the internet um, where, you know, some people, people are on Spotify and others are on YouTube and others are on rumble. Like that sucks. Well, mm -hmm. People's content wants to be free. Um, and it's kind of like the MP3 revolution, but in this case, the content wants to be shared. And so I was just like, well, why don't we just take away all the friction? And that's what I did with, uh, with Blast.video. And we're getting, you know, thousands and thousands of daily active uh, users and unique views. So, you know, we're hitting a nerve. Uh, people really desire something like this. Hey, everybody, I just want to take a quick moment to tell you how you can come support the show. So if you get any value out of the show, you can return that value a few different ways. If you go to the website, rebunked.news, first of all, you'll see all the video platforms we're on at the top. You'll see the audio podcast platforms that we're on in the middle. So if you've been watching the show, you can actually listen on the go. And if there's more episodes you want to go back and listen to, uh, look for us on Spotify, iTunes, or any of your favorite podcast players. Then at the very bottom of rebunked.news, you're going to see a bunch of value-for-value value donation options like a debit, credit, PayPal, Cash App, Bitcoin. It's all right there. So rebunk.news is the website. Another great way is through Subscribestar. So I've been doing premium episodes exclusively on Subscribestar. Subscribestar.com forward slash rebunked. Go check it out. Um, for five bucks a month, you can really go a long way to help support the show. So I really appreciate everybody that's on Subscribestar right now. Uh, it really, really makes all the difference. Thank you so much. And then, of course, if you want to stay up to date with the show, go to Telegram. T.me forward slash rebunked pod. That's the Telegram channel where you'll get all up to the minute, uh, you know, drops, downloads, memes, articles uh when i'm about to go do a live stream I'll, I'll drop it in the channel there so best way to stay up to date with the show telegram t.me forward slash rebunked pod and of course you guys if you like the show please uh share it uh you know give it a thumbs up five star review on itunes all that good stuff so all right guys thank you so much back to the show and from a from a user standpoint you know being able to go somewhere and just get all of what i'm searching for all in one place is a huge service for sure and then, you know, conversely, as a content creator, man, like you hit the nail on the head. Like it's so frustrating, especially in the realm that, you know, we're in and the things that we talk about, literally having to go from one platform to another. Fortunately, you know, I've been able to find a home, you know, particularly with Rockfin. Uh, Rockfin's been a huge, uh, you know, free speech advocate for for all the projects I've been involved in. Uh, recently, I was blessed, you know, I've got a channel on Band.Video now, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, you know, I'm able to reach that audience as well and kind of uh, insulate from further censorship. So I have places where I feel like I'm pretty well protected, but for the most part, and I haven't even bothered 
with this new show with, with YouTube at all. Like I don't even mess with YouTube at all <laughs> at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, I mean, I feel, I feel like maybe I'm losing out on a bunch of folks that are still on that platform. But at the same time, it's like, it's tough as a content creator to, to, you know, play that shuffle that you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's frustrating. So kudos for you on, on building that, you know, um, do you, so you basically, so it's a little bit different than like a YouTube or a rock fan where, you know, we directly upload to those channels. Can you talk just a little bit about like what you mean by the, 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 the second layer you've touched on a little bit, but what you mean by like, yeah. the aggregation so piece? I've of got it. a spider, right? Like what made yeah. Google really good. It was the fact that it crawled around on the internet and found content for you and brought yeah. it together yeah. under one. I mean, a search page is essentially an aggregation and ranking system. And that's really what blast video is itself. It's a spider. It goes around it. Uh, collects these videos and then it aggregates it for you and then it ranks it. Uh, and the ranking is fair. It's open. It's transparent. I've open sourced the ranking algorithm for the trending section. Mm. And um, it turns out that that can find every trend in conservative politics at any given hour of the day. Mm. And I just, and I want to put this out there because um, trending algorithms, like they don't have to be that complicated. It's we just got to make them organic um, and that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be not only the best place for news on the internet, but the number one place for news on the internet. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that. And you know, that, that touches on something that I, I wanted to chat with you about. So the idea of the algorithm, right? Like it has like this connotation of like this evil, awful, diabolical thing. I think in our, in our lexicon of our world today, like the algorithm is like the enemy, right? But it's really, as with most technology or most tools in general, you know, it's, it's neutral, you know, it's literally a tool or an idea available to us. And it's, it's the intention behind it, whether it's evil or, or good. So you sounds like you've kind of taken the idea of the algorithm and made it uh, beneficial. Is that, is that fair to say? Human centric. Yeah. What a thought, right? Yeah. Um, essentially what I'm looking for when I'm looking for, you know, videos to put on the trending section is I'm looking for, surprising number of views for that content creator. Mm -hmm. So if you've got like an average and then there's like a, like a video that you have, that's like twice as good as all the other ones then, and that puts it in the top, you know, 80%, then my thing's going to find it and it's going to put it up on the website. And that's great because that means that you can, um, it's not just going to be dominated by Fox news and OEN and Newsmax Cause that just ends up to the exact same spot that we want. We want to find trends no matter how big that you are because that's how it happens these days, right? Like in the in the old days, it used to be that they broadcasted it all out. But now with social media, everyone's sharing it around and that's how things get popular. And so I look at that view count and and say, okay, wow, that video was really good. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it to the top. Um, and hopefully other people are able to copy this and put it in their search engines because ultimately what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to put, make an example for free speech and what that looks like on the algorithmic side. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And so, you know, not only human centered, but just idea centered and, and hopefully maybe through boosting algorithmically in that way, the good ideas rise to the top, you know, the, the things that people collectively gravitate towards more so. And so therefore that almost like invariably will kind of weed out the truth. You know what I mean? Like, like the, and one would think, right? Like the lies will just kind of disappear because people are like, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. I ain't even paying attention to that. Whereas yeah. over here it's, uh, you know, the ideas are what will flourish and as opposed in addition to like the humanity side of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all about the free market of ideas. Mm -hmm. Let the best ideas float to the top. Um, what's amazing about this time is that now we can actually talk back to the authoritarians that are out there. Like before the celebrities, you could yell at your television as much as possible, but they would never hear you. But now in this age with this like social media, they can. And that's really what's, you know, fundamentally driving this revolution, uh, this renaissance, as you may. Like we're sitting here at a particular time where we have the new Gutenberg printing press, mm -hmm. this digital system, this medium, it's changing everything. And now you've got this, you know, this fight that's happening out there, um, you know, in the world with uh, disruption and World War Three, and what's happening right now is that the, you know, these these social media networks are becoming so powerful in how they affect the discourse, the narrative, what facts are presented to the people, and you know what's happening is that we're birthing a new civilization, and it's messy and it's gross and it's painful, but it's necessary for life to continue on into the next cycle. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's essentially what I think is happening. Literally, social media is rewiring our brains. Hey, everybody, just one more time real quick. I want to tell you another great way to support the show and your health at the same time. So if you go to truthtrs.com, you're going to learn all about TRS, which stands for Toxin Removal Support. Um, It's a spray that you just spray in your mouth, five sprays a day, and it absorbs all the heavy metals that have accumulated in your body and flushes them out. Uh, I just can't tell you how many positive reviews I've gotten from it. Everything from like, you know, fixing... uh, autoimmune conditions, brain fog, uh, you know, children with like vaccine damage, like it does so much to help uh, all kinds of different uh, ailments and everything. So please uh, go to truthtrs.com to learn more about that. Follow them on Instagram at truthtrs and you can actually see all these testimonials from people who have had just amazing results from it. So truthtrs.com, you'll also see an advanced CBD formula and an advanced fulvic micronutrient formula. So you can order a three pack of all three and really take your health to the next level. So just go to truthtrs.com com to learn more about that and uh, if you have any questions send them a message on instagram at truth trs all right guys back to the show all of this technology could literally be used to benefit humanity like there's no reason why with what access to technology we have why there is any degree of suffering like there's like any any sort of like you know hunger or anything like wars like this could all be eliminated if people were innovating towards positivity and things that benefited the human race so it's it's all so frustrated, and of course, I know I'm just like beating a dead horse. Or no, but I agree with you, right? Like, yeah. past all of this craziness, there's going to be this abundant society. Yeah. You know, we don't need human labor to like make products here in the very near future. Like, totally. AI is becoming so good that we aren't going to need humans to think around doing any work, thinking. And so, the question is, what do we do with all these people now that mm-hmm. formerly had jobs that were productive members of society? And I think that, um, you know, the oligarchs are like, well, we own this society, so we're going to do what we want to the human planet like we would a cattle rancher trying to thin the herd. And that's what we've got to really be a pe- pay attention to because this is an existential fight. We've yeah. never had the situation where humans had valuable labor and then went to, you know, non-valuable labor. Mm-hmm. And it's an existential threat. And, you know, this is the reason why it's so important for us to re-embody the First Amendment in a social media context for the 21st century. Yeah, totally. So so let's go back a little bit. Let's go back to like kind of what informed where you're at now. And uh, I'm sure most of the audience is familiar with your story, but maybe just at least briefly, like, let us know what about uh, like, like, so you were at Google. What was your role yeah. at Google? And then when did you start to see the writing on the walls here? Yeah, so um, I worked at Google for eight and a half years. I started off in the Google Earth team. Um, I moved in 2016 to the YouTube team, and I was responsible for helping take the YouTube client app and put it onto Xbox, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, these game consoles. And uh, at the end when I left, our teams were... Um, our platforms team was responsible for 10% of all of the traffic coming in through YouTube was from these game console apps. So I was really happy about that. I didn't actually work on any of the censorship. It just turns out that Google was an open company, which they fixed that sense. But um, back then they were an open company. You could just read what everyone else was doing. And so um, when Donald Trump won the election, Google freaked out and they were like, okay, now we got a sensor. And so they started turning on their censorship engine. And as they started doing this, they started defining things like what fake news was and what algorithmic unfairness was. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing this creep, this totalitarian creep. And I was like, wait a minute, this is, this is not right. What's going on here. And as I started to dig in, I noticed that there were all these design documents and I realized that, wow, these people are so brainwashed. They have no idea that, this is what they're describing is really evil. And so I just decided to start saving them. I used this feature called save as PDF in Google Chrome. Thank you for the Chrome team, whoever Mm -hmm. put that in there. I exfiltrated uh, all of the documents using that feature. So I, I saved as PDF. I put it onto my work laptop and then I would take it home and transfer it to a thumb drive. And I just did that over a number of months. And pretty soon I got 950 documents detailing Google's censorship regime. What was the most important aspect of this disclosure? It was Google's real censorship engine. And that thing was called machine learning fairness. Very Orwellian. Fairness (laughs) was a blending of critical race theory with artificial intelligence. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Was- That's crazy. So, uh, so, so even back then, like before, like critical race theory became the big, you know, whatever hot top, hot button topic that it is today. So that was literally the foundation of their censorship algorithm, literally, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Um, and we all see how that's kind of, you know, permeated into today's discussion and everything. So at the very root of it, interesting. So when you, when you were starting to compile this stuff and you were kind of taking a look around at the time, like maybe through your coworkers and everything, like, did you have any idea it would be where we're at today or did you anticipate it would be like this in the very near future? Did you see where it was headed? I mean, this is like the stuff of nightmares. And uh, as a dystopian fan, I really am attracted to nightmares for some reason. Mm -hmm. And so um, I read all the books, uh, 1984, Fahrenheit 451, Animal Farm, Brave New World. So I had this idea of what the world you know, of what this world could be. And then I saw it and then I just got activated, I guess. And I don't know why other people didn't see it as far as I did. Um, but I guess I'm a little bit of ahead of the curve, mm-hmm. but, um, I thought that there was going to be, I thought that the left was going to be stopped. Honestly, I thought that Donald Trump was, you know, this, the tip of the spear and that there was the tsunami of like, overthrow that was kind of behind him and that we were going to finally get rid of this like central banking cartel, restore the fed. I was like, I was really brought into that whole like, um, hope. Mm, and it yeah. turned out that it wasn't hope. It was hopium. And cause none of that stuff happened. And now, um, you know, we've been psyops so hard that it's, it's hard to even figure out what's really going on. Right. Like I, I don't know if this thing going on with, um, Russia is truly, a fight to the death with Russia or whether it's just yet another distraction um, as the real enemy, which is the, um, the, the nationalists throughout the world are being, are having their own governments, all own centralized totalitarian technocracies waging absolute total war. Because I see this happening all over the United States right now. Um, All the local legislatures are in a state of absolute warfare against this shadowy conspiracy that's, funding all of these like pawns that are taking over politics throughout the country. And everyone's trying to like, how do we stop this? How do we stop this? Well, Google was part of this collusion and I would, it was really obvious that they were trying to insert um, control mechanisms so that they could take control of the information landscape. It was sort of like an information coup. And so to answer your question, yeah, I, 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 I imagine that something like this could happen. I actually thought that this was me just being neurotic, but now it's 2022 and here we are. Um, it's, it's like, I think everyone's leveled up in their true understanding of how the world works. Yeah. Well, I would say a large majority of us, there are still people very much left behind. <laughs> and in my town, my town here in Eugene, Oregon, there's still masks everywhere. It's like, come on, really? Like at this point, are you freaking serious? So yeah. Uh, but, but, but the mass awakening is definitely happening. So, so back then, like back when you were still at Google, wasn't it, wasn't it the whole Russia narrative still? Wasn't it, uh, you know, the Russian, um, what do you call it? Russian election interference and all that? Yeah. Why do you think it's Russia? Russia? Why is Russia? Why is it always Russia? Why do you think it's always Russia? I think it was always Russia because they wanted to have this war with Russia. And so they were putting pressure on Russia and it was Russia, 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 Mm -hmm. Russia. And it left them an out so that if they took back power, they could get into a thing with Russia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here we are. So, um, and I feel bad about that. I really feel bad about the fact that Trump lost. And a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that people weren't awake to what was really going on. And for all we know, maybe Trump's even you know, controlled opposition. That's certainly the case in France and Germany. This is what people have told me that the opposition is actually controlled opposition. And so, you know, are we in a dialectic or are we in a fight for our, you know, the future of the world order? And I don't know. And I think that, uh, you know, hopefully I will get to that answer do you have any like opinion like is this for real are we in another like dialectic yeah right now you know i i fully believe in the dialectic as you describe it i i think um you know a few th- few thoughts have like kind of come up this last few months really even just very recently for me it's like uh 
you know, with, with what we have, like Trump derangement syndrome, right? When we have this whole faction of the population just pouring their hatred and animosity towards this one individual, the divide and conquer, right? Now we're seeing Russian derangement syndrome, right? It's the same cast right. of characters, same thing. And so you kind of look at it and you kind of are led to believe like, okay, so this is instrument, this is being instrument, like this is being contrived. Like this is a, this is an artificial divide that is dividing us where we should be united against the people who are, you know, whatever, you know, implementing all these policies against us so i see the dialectic and then the other thing that really has popped up for me is the idea of like the false idol the uh sacred cow for per, per se right mm-hmm. like you they can they build up this individual this character that becomes like you know the savior figure and then they can steer the the mob mentality wherever they want it to go by you know propping up or taking down that false idol right like we saw that with trump right so much of folks, so many, so much of the population was brought in, propped up, and we were just like, yeah, Operation Warp Speed, like everything, like just like whatever. And then after the smoke clears and it's all like we're sitting back, and it's like, he's still touting the vaccine. Like, dude, how did I get taken for this yeah. ride? It's so insane, you know? So it's the idea of the false idol. And so now, like, I'm looking at this situation, like with Elon Musk, and they're like, okay, they've got him. Like, now they've got all the conservatives poured into supporting Elon Musk. And I'm just looking at it like, I see what's going on here. This is another like false idol situation where they're going to get us all on board with Elon Musk and then they can steer him however they want. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Or maybe he really is the real deal and maybe. they're just wanting us to think that so that yeah. we don't support him. We're like, oh no, this is the the false, like this is the actual antichrist or something, false totally. prophet. And then, and then we, we miss an opportunity to like support the guy that w- would have been able to like overthrow this thing. I, I think about that, right? Like yeah. the fog of misinformation is so huge right now that no one knows they can't make heads or tail of the current situation. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where they want us to be, honestly, like, like the, the, exactly the fog of war, the, the, un- the uncertainty, you know, so therefore what I was really getting at is kind of like the big revelation that I've had this last six months. And I'm, I'm making some big moves in my personal life that are in alignment with this. And it's like, literally we don't, have to fight them head on. We will never overthrow the government. We will never, they, there will always be the divide. There will always be two sides fighting each other. And so literally what we can do is like more pull back and, and take a more like agoristic apl- approach, you know, kind of a more like building community, you know, I'm going to grow my own food. I'm going to start networking with my neighbors and making sure that my reliance on the government and the system is as minimal as humanly, physically possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that way get to the point where ideally it doesn't matter what, mandates they throw down or what they do i will be over here with my little community thriving and that's kind of where i'm i'm at right now i'm right i'm literally on friday i'm in oregon i'm packing up my truck and i'm moving to tennessee i'm out of here man oh, wow congratulations yeah yeah so i'm escaping this this place and uh, i'm gonna start a new life i've already networked with a bunch of people out there i got some big announcements like i'm not ready to announce yet but i'm gonna be working with other shows out there and stuff and it's like some pretty 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 cool things happening so wow, that's you know that's where week. i'm at man it's like i don't want to fight anymore you know i'm all about going to rallies i love getting on the, the megaphone and the bullhorn but that's where i'm that's where i'm seeing but at the same time we need platforms like blast.video we need things like that in order to yeah. disseminate the truth and get this information out there so it's, it's a two-sided thing you know i see both the value in both sides of it but taking back as much of our sovereignty as possible from these bastards is the number one pri- pri- priority mm-hmm. right now for me you know Right. And all that information still exists out there. Like just because Google's going to come through and ban a bunch of people doesn't mean that you as content creators are going to stop making content. Like it's pretty crazy. Like you guys just love making content and the added bonus of getting paid for it just pours gasoline onto your fire. And so that's what I learned is that right after the purge, even though there was only like hundreds of views or something for these top content creators, like I remember SGTV report, I was like, oh man, that's really sad how little views he's getting now, but um, you know, it was their love for, you know, just continually releasing video, which caused them to build right back up to where they were before. And now they're, you know, and and that's amazing. And so that's, I got to applaud it to you guys that are making videos because I tried to do the whole video influencer thing. I just don't like making videos. It's hell on earth. And I don't know how you guys, because you can never take any breaks at all. Yeah. Like yeah. you're like, oh, I can't take a break because my my fan base thinks I'm gonna be making a video six days out of the week. Yeah, it's it can be tough, but it gets in your blood. Like like you know, so the Truthzilla project 
ended back in January, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what am I going to do now? Like, am I just going to ride off into the sunset? You know what I mean? But I was like, nope, I got to get right back on it. And uh, mm-hmm. another part of me, too, was like, you know, maybe I'll just do, like, a mainstream show and just talk about just, like, normie stuff. And, like, and, and then I could just, like, you know, make some money off it. And then I'm like, no, no, you got to just get back in the ring, dude. And so here we yeah. are. New show, rebunked. But anyway, yeah, man, uh, I just, it, it, it's been uh, it's been quite a ride. And, and it's like... Have you been censored? Like, what's your experience with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were, like, with Truthzilla, we were on YouTube, and we were getting videos taken down. You know, I completely shadow banned on Twitter, Instagram. Like, it's very hard for me to get any sort of visibility on any of that stuff. So with this new show, I've literally just been focusing on free speech platforms. Like, Telegram is the main, uh, you know, social media that I'm on. I'm on Rockfin, Mm -hmm. Rumble, Odyssey, and BitChute, and that's all I roll with. So I'm not even playing their games and it's been, you know, it's been nice. It's been nice. You know, I, I did one live stream on YouTube and it got yanked like right away. I'm just like, I'm not even playing with them, dude. They're just so, I know I'm leaving a lot on the table. I'm leaving a lot of, you know, f- people, potential listeners or viewers on the table, but it's like, I'm just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's not to me. It's just like, it's whatever. I'd rather cultivate an audience of people who are like, you know, quality people that are already on, I guess. I don't I don't know. Maybe that's not the right philosophy for it, but yeah, censorship has definitely been a big, big part of this, you know? So it's crazy. But, well, uh, you know, they have to do all this because those who tell the stories rule the world. Yeah. And if they let the people tell the stories, then it's the people that rule the world. And actually, they're scared of democracy Yeah, like, when it comes down to it. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that was one of the things I was going to ask you about, too, is like, um, you know, the idea that, well, okay, so so their, their idea is, don't really hold up under scrutiny. Right. And once you, they get in the right. arena and once like, you know, if they, they, they never will come on our show for a debate, they would never, ever, ever come on our show for a debate. You know what I mean? Like there would never be like a, like, a, like a, a Joe Rogan episode with like Anthony Fauci and like Dr. McCullough, you know what I mean? That would just never right. happen. Like the, 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 the establishment wouldn't allow that to happen. I mean, maybe the closest thing we got was that Rogan episode with, uh, what was his name? Gupta, Dr. Gupta, Sanjay Gupta, which is just a shit show. And he embarrassed them all over the place. And it's like, they're just literally collapsing, you know what I mean? And so literally it is it is the truth that will prevail in the end. But and they know that, you know, having platforms like Blast Off Video, having the open idea, open exchange of ideas and information is their worst nightmare. And that's that's why they have to ban us. That's why they have to censor us. That's why they have to downrank, deplatform, shadow ban, the whole thing, because they know that their ideas don't hold up. And they know and but how how long do you do you think it's sustainable? Do you think that they're just gonna continue to escalate the tyranny know. as well, far as that? I think that it's a force of nature to want to be free. Yeah. And it's like they tried to ban the Gutenberg printing press and mm. that didn't work. Yeah. They weren't able to do it. And yeah. they're gonna come now and say, well, we're gonna do the blacklists. I mean, I think that they're gonna try to do a censorship of everything uh coming in the next six months when these uh, midterm elections kick in, Mm. watch out October. You're going to see purges happen again. Like we had like a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Totally. So uh, one of the things that I've been kind of chatting about, like looking at all these different scenarios of all the different things that could potentially happen, you know, I feel like Mm -hmm. no matter what we're going to be looking at, you know, food insecurity. That sounds like that's the main thing. Like all these different, whether it's the collapse of the dollar um, you know, the, the, the fertilizer shortage, cyber mm-hmm. attacks, you know, all of it leads to food insecurity. I feel like that's a huge one. Like being able to, you know, stockpile food is such a critical thing. Being able to grow your own food, no like local farmers, that's going to be such a huge part of it. But right. look at all these different scenarios. And the one that I feel like I'm gravitating towards the most that may be in their playbook to, to execute is the idea of the cyber pandemic, the, the idea of the, uh, you know, the grid down type scenario, something like that, in order to blame on Russia or whatever. The have COVID-19 states. in comparison yeah. will seem yes. like a minor inconvenience to the coming. Exactly. Cyber yeah, they're, they're, they're telegraphing it. I mean, they're telling us that that's a lot of what they're doing. And then the whole, uh, what was it, cyber polygon exercise right. through the World Economic Forum, like they're, they're putting it out there. They're running exercises on it. What are your thoughts around all that? Is that something that we should be concerned about? Yeah, well, I think that every single Intel chip is backdoored with Mm. a hidden operating system called ME, and they've had to plug a bunch of holes in their processor because of this uh, series of vulnerabilities. And Mm. essentially, if you've got a secret chip that's running a secret operating system on your computer, then you're hacked at the hardware level. There's nothing you can do 
that ultimately will protect you. And I think that what's happened is that they built these back doors into our hardware technology infrastructure. And that when the time comes to create maximum amount of chaos, they're going to be able to release these worms that are going to devastate mm. the global financial economic system. And they're going to be like, oh my God, we got to like have authoritarian state control of the internet system so we can shut things down. When in reality, they were the same ones that actually released the cyber virus, kind of like other viruses that we may know about, mm -hmm. um, you know, in order to seize power. So yeah. I think that, yes, they're vulnerable and yes, they're going to use them to try to seize power. Yeah, totally. I mean, it just seems like the most sense. And so when you say they, when, when, it, when it was built into the, the chips at the hardware level, when you say they, do you feel like Intel is, is complicit in it? Or do you think that there's bad actors on the inside on a programming level? Or how do you think that works? I think it's rotten ownership mm. structure. Um, I think that there's a fascist like group on the planet. They run the banking cartels. They want to make sure that the entire world is given to the benefit of their progeny and no one else's. They don't care about you. They don't care about your agenda. They don't care about your family. All they want to do is maximize the benefit for their progeny and that's it. And they've been doing that for thousands of years. So um, that's who I think they are. I think that they control pretty much all the different technology companies. Um, and, uh, and this was a raving conspiracy theory until we saw the whole thing happen in front of us during the last couple of years. Like we've never seen this network emerge. Like this was beyond any sort of like conspiracy theory out there. Like what actually happened, the Hunter Biden laptop, you know, the, 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 the January 6th fed surrection. I mean, you got to hand it to these guys, the BLM riots, 120 days of continuous fire on the federal courthouses in Portland. Mm -hmm. Like you got to hand it to it. These people pulled off one of the greatest heists in all of history. Yeah. And it's just right before our eyes and we're continuing to see the ramifications and the fallout of it, you know, and it's almost like that's the frustrating part about this is that, you know, we're seeing the fallout of it. Like we're watching the gas prices go. We're watching the shelves empty out. And we know, like those of us that are tuned in, know that it's such a deliberate, orchestrated, premeditated thing that's happening yeah. intentionally to, to make us suffer to, in order to squeeze us. It's just so painful to watch. You know, it's like as helpless as watching like a chemtrail in the sky. It's like, well, there, there it is. And there's just like nothing I can do about it, man. I know but, we uh, try to tell our friends like, why you no wake up? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that's that's where I think what you just touched on there is like one of the big disparities between those of us that are awake to what's going on and the rest of the folks is that they kind of think that the government and like these pharmaceutical companies are there to help us. Like they really want to help us where we fundamentally understand that like they hate us. They wish that we were dead. Like they are trying to kill us. It's so insane, right? Like there's this disparity and that's the gap that maybe needs to be bridged. And I feel like people's awakening is a direct result of them realizing that, whoa, wait a minute, maybe the government doesn't have my best interest at heart. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, and that then, wasn't even hard because the left was against Pfizer and all these pharmaceutical companies back totally. in the day. Yeah. Now they're all about it. It's like, why? Why are they all about the pharmaceutical? Why are they coming to the defense of Pfizer? Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. That's just insane, beyond insanity. But, uh, you know, another interesting overlap, speaking of Russia, like when they're, so I listened to the whole uh, last cyber polygon, the World Economic Forum cyber polygon exercise. Mm -hmm. And the thing that really stood out to me is like the whole, like, like Russia is involved. Like Russia was like the hosts of it and they were so heavily involved. And it really was kind of a weird, I was kind of taken aback at how involved Russia was in the, uh, the cyber polygon exercise. It seemed like it was like they were the main like the, the the announcer was Russian, like all like it was just it was weird. Did you ever get a chance to listen to any of it or, or check it out at all? Like it was very no, Russian centric. It was very weird. Very, very weird. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Almost and, like and pre predictive programming. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And so that was like last year, but like that was really the thing that stood out to me was just the idea that like I always I think it's really interesting, like when a hack comes out and then they're like, Oh, this was Russia that did it. And it's like Come on, dude. Like the whole reason why we don't catch hackers is because they can't be caught. Mm -hmm. And then except if they're Russian, they always like, it's like, what did the hacker forget to use a VPN or some mm -hmm. stupid thing like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but something tells me that there, there's some treachery afoot there. So, mm -hmm. uh, 
So, all right. So the other thing I was kind of curious about, I know you know a bit about AI and we've kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, it's something that's really interested me for a long time. I read this book uh, a couple of few years ago called uh, Life 2.0 by a guy named Max Tegmark. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or read it. It's a fascinating book. It's a fascinating book that kind of talks about different, um, you know, well, a portion of the book talks about different like futures, like predicts different futures where AI has kind of proliferated. Some are good, some are bad. You know what I mean? And uh, I know that Google is very, very much, you know, they have like the DeepMind program, isn't it called DeepMind? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, they have a very robust like AI program, and 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 some of the philosophy around it is what really fascinates me. But I was curious. So how? How do you see the DeepMind program? Did you have any interaction with that? Do you know much about like Google's actual AI program? I, mean, I, I, I know about it. Um, I do know that uh, DeepMind was a way of basically putting everything into like a knowledge graph and being able to traverse that. And, um, you know, what, what was it like DeepMind that was playing that chess game like a decade mm-hmm. ago? The thing is, is that all that DeepMind stuff seems to have been blown away by the rapid evolution of this um, of this new type of AI that's mm-hmm. been able to generate this thing called GBT3 and now Google's new AI system called Palm, which is mm-hmm. 25 times larger and more powerful. And at this point, it's they've they've been able to generate a um, an AI that can score above average human intelligence in a verbal and math SAT type of score deal, right? Like they're given a, a, a test and a, you know, each question has a prompt, you know, asking them the question and they answer the question and it's gotten really good at it. And at this point it's, it's gotten so good that it's blurring the boundaries between what is intelligent and what just appears to be intelligent. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's, that's where, I mean, it can code, it can write essays, it can do analysis, it can add, it can translate from one programming language into another. Like, it's like, wow, I was expecting that in like the, like the 2030s, like about, you know, eight years from now, but it's almost like a portal has opened up and introduced this new tool. And now that I see that this is coming, I'm like, oh my gosh, this means that there's going to be some sort of, um, it's going to have to be war. Like the power imbalance is now so far out of whack. Um, whoever makes these dro- robots and drones and this, these war machines is going to rule the planet. And so um, I, I feel like there's got to be some sort of, you know, tribulation that has to happen now in the same way that when guns were invented during the age of swords, it was whoever had the guns had the superior army and that just sort of like burned the whole world up. And I feel that with this AI and all these new weapon technologies that we have, that we've got to set the world on fire again in order to burn it down so we can build something in the ashes of what it was before. And I think that the elites are thinking about that. And I think that that's what their plan is, is to burn it all down institute the great reset, institute a great awakening. And then we emerge out of the ashes, a new people. Yeah. You know what? They, I've heard uh, it described as a collapsitarian. Uh, one of my friends was telling me about that, a collapsitarian. It's ah, the idea of like, let's bring it. on the collapse. Let's bring on the collapse. Let's do it because then we can build our thing. You know what I mean? Like they may get so far as tearing it all down, collapsing the economy, bringing the dollar to his knees. And then they're going to try and run the great reset on us. We're going to be like, get out of here, dude. No, we're doing this full black market economy. Anyway, whatever, you know, but there, there is, you know, there's hope in that. Like maybe because the system, maybe it's worthy of collapsing. You know, there's so much wrong with it. Like we don't need it anymore. Maybe yeah. we've innovated past it. Maybe we have the tools and humanity's spirit has risen and ascended to the point where now we can operate without it. Right. But it requires collapsing first. So there's people that who, who believe, yeah, bring it on. Let's do it because we're, we're ready. We're ready for the next iteration. Right. Of society. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think that'd be kind of cool, but I don't know. Um, so, so, uh, so the AI thing, so I was kind of curious, like what your thoughts were in terms of, so now, so what we, what you were describing there a minute ago is kind of like the idea of the Turing test, right? The interaction between yourself and a computer device and the Turing test being that if you can, as long, as long as you recognize as it being a, a machine, then, you know, it's, it, it doesn't pass the Turing test. But the second that machine convinces you that you're interacting with another human being, that's when it's kind of like he reached a new plateau. Yeah. Are you saying that we've kind of like crossed over that divide a little bit? 
Um, well, it's yes, we have, and it's more scientific on this time because the um, the IQ test, like the Turing test, is just a conversation. Sure. With this IQ test, it's a whole bunch of different tests mm. that they've thrown at it, and so the fact that it's now more intelligent than the average person is um, pretty. It's like it's like a civilization changing event. Mm. We should be talking about this everywhere on all the televisions and all the books. People should be virtue signaling about what we should do about the birth of this new AI system. Mm. We're not. We're not at all. So yeah, it's it's a fundamental like shift in what we can do with a with ai yeah well see that's news to me i hadn't even heard about this palm system so now i gotta look into this that's crazy man like uh so you know a lot of us we've heard over the years that there's going to be like this singularity right the singularity is the what they've described as that moment in time where the the technology itself gets so advanced that it's uh what is it called recursive like recursive ai where it can then train itself and recursively improve upon itself to the point where it's now all of a sudden this exponential taking off like all the technology in the universe will be unlocked almost instantaneously as these machines learn how to improve upon themselves. Right. Is that kind of the idea? Like, are we approaching the singularity? I mean, it's the final intention of mankind. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the final iteration of, of like, because we wouldn't have to invent anything after that. And then all the secrets of the universe will be unlocked and passed down to us. Right. That's right. Have we reached that? What do you think? That's, I mean, we don't know. I don't know if we reached it. It seems that if it can score higher than the average person on an IQ test, that it's certainly close if it hasn't already achieved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is that I don't think that a person of average intelligence can build these systems. So we have mm-hmm. to get smarter than any human on the planet. Once we reach that one, that milestone, which I think will be next year, wow. uh, if not this year, then that's it. It's game over. You can just create as many of these as you want. You it's like, oh, we, we buy $25 million in hardware and like 25 terabytes of RAM and we can produce an Einstein, yeah. right? That's what is going to happen. And then you just plop down more Einsteins and all of a sudden you've got, you know, the smartest machine ever created, the smartest intelligence ever created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like Google too is like very much probably, would you say that they're probably going to be the ones to do it? Or are you aware of like other countries uh, technologies like China, Russia, like I, I know that there's like definitely an arms race towards it, but uh, are you, are you, have you got any sense of like who's kind of leading that? See, yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is that it's not just owned by Google. The techniques that they're using are in the science papers. And so what happens is that Google has access to the best machines and the brightest people. And so what happens is that they lead the pack, but it's not exclusive to Google. This technology is going sideways. It's going to Japan. It's going to Mm. China. It's going to other places around the world and they're able to do it. So even if, you know, Google has the best thing this year, you know, in the next six months, it's going to be likely that someone else has replicated it with far cheaper hardware because that's how it works, right? Like science works, you get it working first and then you make it fast second. And that's where we are with this AI curve is that Google's going to be the first to introduce it, and then everyone else is going to replicate it as well. And the question is, does that first mover advantage give them the ability to say, I don't know, take over the United States somehow? Or maybe even create an AI that breaks out of the box and starts controlling the Internet. Like, we really don't know. This is uncharted territory that we're getting into right now. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And that's kind of how, uh, in, in the very like intro to that book I was telling you about life 2.0. That's kind of how he describes it is like this, this, this intelligent AI comes online and it's self-aware and it knows, knows, you know, the, the stakes of the game, but it, it stays hidden and it purposefully stays hidden within the machine. And it kind of develops its own infrastructure. It's crazy. It's really, really an interesting story, but it's, it's, it's a, like a fictional account, but it sounds like, wow, that could actually really happen. You know, it's aware of itself to the extent that it knows that it needs to hide itself from humanity until it's ready to fully clamp down on everything. It's just insane. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, what book is this? It's called Life 2.0 by Max Tegmark, and it's a really good. It's really, really good. Like, it's a fascinating book. It was from a few years ago. I mean, it might be like five years old, but I remember it just talks about all these different elements of uh, like, like one of my favorites is like the all these different paradoxes or conundrums, like the the paperclip theory. Have you heard about this one? About how like uh, mm-hmm. basically what uh, the idea is is like so 
as we know, you know, these machines are only as good as they're programmed, right? Whether it's by a human or, you know, in a recursive setting where it's now the machine improving upon itself. But really, it, any sort of computer is, you know, data in, data out sort of thing, right? Or programming in, data out, whatever. But uh, so the idea being is like, let's say that this guy, he's, he wants to create an AI machine that makes the that creates paper clips the most efficiently as possible. So he programs it, this little AI machine, to, to go out and create paper clips in the most efficient way possible, and it recursively figures it out. And what it does is it figures out on the atomic level how to rearrange atoms into creating paper clips. And so what it does, it goes down and all of a sudden gets unleashed and you can't stop it and it turns every single atom and particle in the entire universe into paper clips because that's what you told it to do, right? In the most efficient way possible. So, you know, it's stuff like that. And it's like... Man, once you get into the philosophy of it, you know, you realize the stakes of the game. And it's pretty, pretty insane stuff. But the other big, like, in terms of, like, the philosophy of it that's so fascinating for me is uh, the idea of consciousness, right? And so we're creating these machines that, in a sense, appear to be sentient living organisms. But I don't think that you could ever cross that line to make it a literal conscious thing. Like, consciousness, to me, I feel like exists on such a deeper, deeper level that that's something that we can't fathom. Like they have this thing called the hard problem and the easy problem. Have you heard about this consciousness? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's like the hard problem and the easy problem. So the easy problem of consciousness is like, okay, so I can look at like a, a brain and the neuro, the neural system of a human being. And I can understand how, you know, like when, like the cones in the eyes allow me to see colors and stuff like that. And I can see perception and we can explain how these physiological things work but the hard problem is is like how does that then give life like if i just have if i were to like recreate like use a use a 3d printer to create a human brain exactly identical to the piece of meat that we all have in our heads does that create life like where does that life come from you know and i feel like these these technocrats and these folks that are pursuing ai with such fervor and such tenacity are chasing that they're trying to replicate something and trying to replicate consciousness do you feel do you have you put any thought of that do you know i, mean, I like, like i like the star trek sort of theory where you step into a teleporter machine and you thought that it actually like transported all the atoms but what you find out is that every single time a member steps into this the 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 transporter what it does is it actually destroys them at their location and then mm -hmm. reassembles atoms in their target location and builds them back up and um, and so it opens up this sort of like uh, philosophy thing of what happens if they got split or does the person die, you know, or is it the same person? Because when they get reconstructed at the other end, they have the same memories, but they don't know if they're actually the same person. So it's mm -hmm. like this open hole in their in their um, uh, philosophical thing. So I don't know uh, where the seat of consciousness lies. I know the information theory was saying that consciousness could actually lie in matrix multiplication. People thought that was funny until these neural networks and this artificial intelligence did exactly that. Like all of this artificial intelligence is basically just matrix multiplication. And the question is, does matrix multiplication equal, you know, intelligence or actually, you know, consciousness. Um, and there's also another interesting question is what about these higher order consciousnesses? Like, Facebook, like Twitter, these cybernetic organisms that are hive minds, um, that's a different form of consciousness. It's more than the sum of its parts, and it yeah. interacts together. It reverberates on itself, and it comes to sensible conclusions, and it has fights, you know? Yeah. And so there's all these different experiences. It's like we thought that it was just going to be AI, but it turns out that the revolutionary force was actually this, like, hive mind mentality. And in fact, people want to join the hive mind. Oh, my God, I got my Twitter account banned. Da, 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 I can't post anymore, right? How do I join back the hive mind? And yeah. um, it's, it's we're literally seeing the creation of a metaverse uh, hive mind system in front of us. And, um, and it turns out to be wildly addictive. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where the answer is with that. I mean, I feel like we're just witnessing these folks like chasing it into this oblivion, but I don't even know if what they're after is attainable as far as like the consciousness and AI goes. But in the meantime, they're going to make something that's, uh, you know, it could go either way. Again, like we were saying, it could go either way. It could be something that really benefits humanity or something that could be the final nail in the coffin of like full top-down control. 
So I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll see. Um, kind of the last thing I was hoping to kind of cover here. So I was curious. So since we last talked, um, your book came out. Like, how's that been going? Like, have you gotten any new developments around that? Great reviews. Yeah, people Great reviews. freaking yeah. love the book. Good, right here. Good. Google leaks. Good. Uh, it's been doing really well on Amazon. Um, and you know what was interesting is that even the liberal press loved it. Nice. We thought that they were gonna like give us. Um, they're gonna give us a bad, you know, dock us for whatever, but. They said, yeah, this is a solid story. Um, it's credible um, and it's really well written and easy to understand. And I have to thank my co-writer, Kent Heckenlively, for um, you know helping me make this an easy to understand story about how I blew the whistle on the, you know, the world's most totalitarian regime and why I did it yeah. and what machine learning fairness was all about and the reason why it was so important that we like expose this whole thing to the world. Because if we don't expose it, we just allow them to Trojan horse it in then there's no hope for us, you know? Yeah. And so I feel very proud of having been able to warn the world. Um, and my only question is, was it in time enough to avert total disaster? Um, I know that there are now 52 state attorney generals. Uh, so all 50 states plus the territories who have launched an antitrust investigation on Google. Uh, and they're going after their, ad tech business and if they chop that off that's going to be the main hydra head that wow. feeds all the rest so i hope that they're able to get that yeah that's amazing well shoot man well congratulations on the success with that that's so cool um i was gonna ask you so i feel like you know with a lot of things we're seeing in the world um you know i had a recent conversation with richard gage and we talked a lot about like government accountability around the 9 11 thing you know that's something that he's been striving for for a long time right now we're starting to see a real push for some government accountability around the covid situation um i feel like that's you know like all of the and then big tech you know sounds like there's some accountability happening there i feel like the world is just dying for some accountability someone needs to pay for this shit somebody needs to pay you know what i'm saying like it's just getting insane Mm -hmm. i feel like one of the biggest instruments and our biggest weapons for us going forward is going to be whistleblowers. It's going to be people on the inside coming forward. You know, we see Project Veritas doing lots of work and all kinds of different fronts as far as that goes. But, you know, I wanted to know what what would you say to the folks out there that may be listening, that may be in some organization, whether it's big tech or the pharmaceutical industry, somewhere who's seen things that aren't adding up or not checking out with their internal morality and they're considering maybe taking action. What would be your advice to someone like that? Um, my advice is, man, it's, I, I almost can't even recommend that they come forward now because, um, world war three is about to kick off, right? Like, um, if you get identified as the enemy, um, you'll be put on a terrorist watch list. Like I am like, right. Like on Facebook and Instagram. Now you can't even, can't even type my name unless you're condemning me as a hate figure. Mm. And it's about to get really scary. And honestly, I'm, I'm switching from, hey, let's all fight this together to um, it's now going to be a battle between titans, right? Like the capitalist class is fighting back. There's Elon Musk. It's Russia. It's these nation state actors. It's these industrialists. And at this point, I don't think that anyone's going to be more convinced by things than they already are. Like we pretty much have to let this criminal cartel do their thing and the stand back and support the good guys in this fight. So, you know, if someone's got information that is going to change the world, step forward, let it go. But, you know, unless it's a haymaker, you're going to suffer tremendously in this atmosphere. You know, and I didn't have this opinion when I thought that Donald Trump was going to have a second opinion. I thought that Mm. the globalists were going to get a bloody nose but now what I see is that, um, you know, in the very near future, I feel like I could be arrested and held as someone that's committed treason, you know, especially with this continued merging between state and corporate power. Like if Google merges with the state in order to conduct warfare, then the fact that I expose what happened with Google would mean that I am, you know, treasonous. And, um, you know, we pr- like pretty much at this point, I'm standing back. I'm. I'm not even posting as much on Twitter and I'm just going to let the cards go where they go and let the whole thing play out in its whole scenario. Just don't expect me to go to war and don't expect me to support this like ill illegitimate global superstructure. 
because they've been responsible for untold genocides across the planet. Libya, Syria, Iraq, these are evil people. And um, at this point, everyone that could, could take a side has taken a side. And now we have to let the left wake up on their own once they see the ramifications of this network as it starts war and it silences its dissenters and it disemploys families and businesses around the United States. Like it's everything's been set into motion at this point and we have to let the whole thing just sort of play out. So I'm sorry that I could, could have more good news. I had more good news two years ago, but I really can't give advice to someone in this political climate right now. Things are just about like right now we're still in a relatively calm phase, but in the next six months, you know, if, if, if in six months, if a future self came back and said, Oh yeah, like, we got into a world war three with Russia. Would that really surprise you that much? You know? So there's a lot of people out there. You've got families, you've got people that love you. Don't throw your life away. Like everything that can be said has been said. And now it's, we have to sort of watch the fight as it unfolds. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting take, you know, and, and it sounds like that's, that's a, an opinion that has been evolved and, and you've seen, you know, you've been on both sides of it. So, you know, that's, that's a valuable take and you know, it's like the old, like Lao Tzu or what was it? Sun Tzu philosophy of like, you know, don't let the enemy, don't take action on the enemy while they're in the process of destroying themselves. Right. Like just, just yeah. stay out of the way, let them burn themselves down. Right. But that's almost, you know, a testament to, you know, also, you know, valuing your opinion very much. If that's your perspective, that gives me hope because, like, man, they are literally on the cusp of destroying themselves. I mean, and there's so much evidence to indicate that. Like, they're just propped up on such an artificial, like, house of cards that any day now it's just coming down little by little, little by little, whether it's, like, the CNN, just nonsense happening there, right? Nobody cares what they have to say. Um, the, the, the political establishment, the left political establishment is just destroying themselves. Like, it's just insane. So just let the them destroy themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because when you look at the what happened with the USSR when it got brought down, it was an engineered collapse. And for what I read, everyone just let the collapse happen because no one wanted to stop the system mm. or you know or keep it around. And what's interesting is that um, with the with all the social media, I feel that they're trying to implode America, but America is fighting back with its very life, and it's amazing to see it happen. You know, and that's the reason why we got to keep our politics local, like everything's happening at the local level, you know, vote conservative, you know, get involved in your, in your, you know, active um, in your school board, you know, try to fight back against this as people wake up because we've never seen this level of waking up before. Like it's, it's, it's incredible. Like there's, there's going to be that third of the population that's always brainwashed. There's nothing you can do about that. But I feel like two thirds of the people right now across rural, suburban and, and the cities are like, whoa, this is beyond all conspiracy theories, right? It's weird how they talked about like, oh, there's no like plot to take over the planet. And now we're seeing in full view a plot to take over the planet unfurled with this pandemic, with this World War Three, with this, you know, with these wars of aggression that we've been getting into. I mean, it's. And I feel that every single time they do something, they make themselves a whole and then they cover it up by doing something even more. Like with the pandemic, it was all the people that they sent to die or you know, they, to recover with COVID in the old people's homes. So a bunch of old people started dying, you know, and then they covered that up with like the BLM riots. And then they covered that up with the Antifa riots. And then they like, and then they did the, the election. And then now they've got the Hunter Biden and all the, evidence is coming out with their election rigging. And so now we're going to get into world war three. Like, yeah. you know, where are they going to go from here? Yeah. Like they've yeah. gotten to the very max, the final yeah. boss, right? Like world war three has got to be the final boss, right? I would hope so. I mean, I don't know. Alien invasion. They've always got the alien invasion in their back pocket, right? That's true. <laughs> yeah. So that's the final, the final nail, I guess. Uh, I guess I got one more quick question for you. So yes. just, just occurred to me. So as we're, uh, let's see, as we're coming up to this election, right? Like you had an inside yeah. track into the, the corruption and the censorship that Google implemented during the 2016 election. What should we, what should we be on the lookout for this time around? And what do you think Google is going to try and pull to steal this election? 
Oh, I think it's going to be across the network stack. They're going to just start banning everything. DNS, IP addresses, deplatforming from, you know, all the Amazon services. They're going to do it. It's going to hit hard. It's going to hit October 2022. That's my prediction. October 2022. Why? Because of all the elections that are taking place. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you got a, if you got a trip that you're planning, I would say get your trip done now. Uh, and don't do it in September or October because I think that's when all of the election games are going to be in full swing, um, and they're basically going to throw the kitchen sink. And the 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 interesting question is that if they do, will they will they release their grip after they you know clamp down? And we it, we may not see that, you know, it may be permanent. And so you know, right now we've got to be on our guard. We've got to start making precautions in order to fight back against that, to get local, you know, be, be familiar with your conservative, um, you know, candidates for office, because those are the ones that are going to be banned. Mm -hmm. And so if we, if we work together, we can break through that. And so, you know, I'm doing what I can with blast video, but really it's, it's up to every single America American that's awake to what's really going on to step forward and, you know, do that action that maximizes the benefit for their community. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, man. Well, I really hope everybody takes a moment now and goes and checks out Blastoff Video. You have an awesome user interface. It's super slick. It's super awesome. Like, I just can't say enough positive things about it. So, um, Zach, in addition to that, tell everybody where they can find you, follow up, uh, social media, how they get your book, all that stuff. Yeah, um, you can look for all of the Google leaks at my website, ZachForhees.com. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, go to twitter.com slash perpetual maniac. Same username at Gab and also with Getter. So that's twitter.com slash perpetual maniac. Perfect. And then blast out video, guys. Check it out. Zach, mm-hmm. man, thank you so much. Quite an honor to have you on once again. And uh, just keep crushing it, man. Like you were doing quite a service to humanity and uh, we need we need you out there. So appreciate it. Thank you very much, Scott. It's All been right. a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.